1: Presented by T Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: Welcome to a Monday edition of the Baseball Insiders. New week begins, and we are two weeks away from the trade deadline. It's getting realer. I think I probably said it's getting real last show. It's even realer now than it was then and we still haven't really defined any more sellers. Yikes. But here to break it all down with me is FanSided MLB Insider Robert Murray. Robert, spooky season.
1: It's I'm telling you, man, it's getting closer and closer and closer. How how excited are you? Cuz I know how I am. I'm I'm pretty pumped even though I still don't think we're going to see any big names or like truly massive names traded um 2 weeks away from absolute chaos though. So always exciting.
2: I think I'm still excited even though I Look, we're going to start this show by talking about a huge name. We're probably going to start almost every episode until the deadline, or at least peppered in, talking about the same big name. I'm on team. We're not going to be blown away by the caliber of players moved. But that doesn't make it any less exciting.
1: No, it absolutely doesn't. Like I'll tell you, it's still going to be very exciting, especially since there's obviously the possibility... Well, I mean, there's Twitter speculation about a Shoei Otani trade. I'm still insanely skeptical about that right now. Uh, But also, if the Padres fall off, do they just go into complete sell mode? I know Ken Rosenthal kind of wrote about that possibility earlier today. There's a lot of different dominoes in the air. We do not have much clarity yet with two weeks to go. Uh, We're probably going to break that all down today, aren't we, Adam?
2: I suspect we're going to break that all down today. And if you found your way to the YouTube channel, then you're here at the right time. That means you probably hit subscribe. That means you probably liked the video and the content from the past. We appreciate it. That content is brought to you today by DraftKings. Have you signed up for DraftKings yet? If you are a new user and you haven't, you can receive $150 in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. 1 create an account, 2 deposit money, and 3 wager $5 or more on any sport. Now if this were me, I would say depositing and wagering kind of just one step, but they want it to be three, so you know what? It's three distinct steps, not up to me. After that, whether your first wager wins or loses, you will still receive $150 in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code baseballinsider when you sign up. The best part is that code baseballinsider not only gets you the bonus, It also supports the podcast. If you are considering signing up for DraftKings, definitely use our code BASEBALLINSIDER to maximize your first bets. This offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus and physically present legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. A lot of exciting stuff coming up this week and next and the week after. Specifically next episode, we're going to have a Discord component. Stay tuned for that. Not operational yet. You're not missing it. If you're over there, I'm not sure where you are. Please come back. But in the near future, we will have that for you as well. Subscription options, plenty of things, goodies to get your hands on. And we can do that because of the support of folks like the people at DraftKings. Let's talk Otani first. Uh, You got to get it out of the way. Just got to get it out of the way. Um, The Yankees have been widely rumored as the quote-unquote favorite to add him at the trade deadline doesn't make a lick of sense to me not you either and we'll break down why but people started throwing the rays around this weekend Uh, of course the angels take a 7-3 lead fittingly late on Sunday night baseball and blow that game so that helps because everybody starts to say what sell they're only four games out of the wild card and they're winning a big game against the Astros they gag uh, the speculation begins anew. Eric Neander sort of went on record yesterday, saying he'd authorized the Rays to explore big expenditures of resources, prospect capital, whatever it takes. Was pressed on Otani, didn't deny it. Now, in order for this to happen, the Rays have to do something they've never done, and the Angels have to get intrigued after listening to the offers, which they agreed to listen. But if you're not listening, you're not doing your job. Therefore, a million things have to happen for the Rays to actually be on an Otani. But if he is available, do you think they'll rule it
1: out? I don't think the Rays can be ruled out in the Otani sweepstakes. They have the young major leaguers and also the prospect capital to make a deal. And I think that'd be plenty enticing to um, the Angels in that front office. But that being said, if Otani becomes available, and again, I am on the record in saying that I am very skeptical that he will be available because I cannot see Artie Moreno being the owner to move him. But if he does become available, that is going to become an all-out bidding war. And what that is going to end up turning into is that price being driven up. And therefore, I can I have a hard time seeing the Rays being the ultimate landing spot for Shohei Otani. I would put them in the unlikely category. As I said, you cannot rule them out um, just because they have the pieces to make a deal. But um, if he becomes available, which I don't see it happening, I just don't, I don't, I don't see him ending up in Tampa.
2: I don't, I don't see it either. You're not going to find any budding, uh, you know, talking head disagreement. Like, you know, I think I, I'm totally against this. I think Otani to the Rays is a lock. No, of course not. Um, but I do think what this means is that you can't. If there are no giant names changing hands, I don't think you can rule the Rays out making the relative biggest splash of the deadline, whatever it might be, considering the position they're in, the fact that. Baltimore is now a game ahead of them in the AL East in the loss column, not in the standings, but the Rays have one more loss than the Orioles do. It's right out there in front of them. Like Aaron Boone likes to say about the Yankees, except for this time, it's actually true. It is right there in front of the Rays. It's a golden opportunity. And if there is no Otani like, or Juan Soto like bidding war for them to win, if it's lesser players and reinforcements, I can see them going, and making the biggest splash of a team deadline
1: yeah i agree with that and like i think if that is the case like i think a guy like lucas Giolito it makes sense especially for a guy like baltimore uh, or for a team like baltimore i should say it's like they definitely need a starting pitcher um i think that it's the clearest need for them and i think with bieber not being available and otani likely not going anywhere. Um, I think G Alito is going to be one of like the prized possessions of this deadline. So I think that's, that is somebody I think is who is going to attract a lot of trade interest. And for, I'll tell you in terms of G Alito, by the way, the fact that he's done this well, um, in a free agent year, or he's going to end up getting himself a lot of money, a lot of money.
2: The anti Luis Severino, Lucas Giolito, and and, a favorite of the Baseball Insiders. We had him on the show this offseason. He talked us through his training, and it has paid off. We might see two – we might see three Baseball Insiders guests move at this deadline. We've got Giolito, Jack Flaherty, and Adam Duvall. We're just collecting friends of the Baseball Insiders who may all be wearing new hats in a couple of weeks.
1: I'm telling you, I Adam Duvall is a sneaky trade candidate. I think he's he's a more than I think he's I don't want to say likely, but I think there's a a real shot he's moved. Um and especially since the, the strong start to the season that he had, um and his postseason pedigree, like he's done very well in the postseason. I think he could end up getting a decent amount of interest there too. So I'm telling you, if you're on the baseball insiders, more or there's a better or there's a good shot that you're likely going to be traded adam i told you or before the show and everything that you're not in any danger of being traded so uh hopefully i'm not going to be traded hopefully you don't <laughs> trade me
2: no uh you're off limits as far as i'm concerned although i do have to listen again i'm not doing my job if i'm not listening um but no you are you are safe i am happy to be safe but yeah if you're a guest if we're bringing you in it's a good chance you change teams and i told adam duvall i said Best of luck, uh, and I really mean that when he left the show. And I did mean it. He was a great dude. I will be thrilled if I don't have to live with having wished the Boston Red Sox good luck for the remainder of this season. That'll be great for me personally and my brand.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you, the fact that you wished Adam Duvall and the Red Sox good luck on that show is still mind-boggling to me. I was, I was wondering what got into you in that moment. I was just like, this is not the Adam Wyder, I've gotten to know and love.
2: He's a great dude. He won me over. I mean, I I Understood. wanted to ask him. I wanted to ask him when he was on the show. Um, You're a great guy. You, you know, you you seem to be bringing a lot to the roster, a lot of versatility, power. Um, I loved you in 2021. Why should I hate you now? I wanted to ask him, but he was honestly too nice, and he left us with a sentimental story about his grandmother. And I was like, eh, no playing around, no jokes, no fooling. Like, I just can't do it. So then I just I was flustered. I just wished him best of luck and. And said that I really meant it. And I did in that moment. But yeah, I, I blew it.
1: No, no, you didn't no, you didn't blow it. That was, I'll tell you, that was a very that was probably the most heartfelt moment there was in the baseball insiders. So shout out to Adam Duval for that. That was that was good content right there.
2: He is he's good content, and I hope he continues making good content for a new franchise. Um well let's talk about the disaster zone Yankees though, because they, they go hand in hand with this Otani conversation. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. Doesn't make any sense. Uh Yankee beat writers are tweeting out like screen grabbed odds that they were getting today that said the Yankees are the favorite to be the next Otani destination with the Dodgers right behind them. It doesn't make a lick of sense. Uh, if anybody's watched the Yankees this season, they know they're, they're just like the Red Sox, but with no offense, both teams are 50 and 44. Both teams have taken different paths to get there. They're tied for last place. They have the worst offense in the league they're right down there with the royals and the a's uh their run differential is in the negatives if you take out the games where they beat up oakland uh their record is honestly better than it should be and it's only where it is because they went five and one against the a's they're not a good baseball team right now and they're not two months of otani away from fixing that um the comment section is lighting up saying that the yankees should sell i think i think they should in a dream world i don't think they will and i don't think they have a lot to sell But we'll get into it. I I, I think the one thing we can rule out is that they should be buyers for expensive rentals like Shohei Otani, who are going to require a lot of wheel grease to even get to the market.
1: Yeah, oh, I totally agree. There's like, the Yankees have shown nothing to suggest that they should go all in on this team and give up a huge haul from their farm system to get Otani for a couple months. Uh, They are a very flawed baseball team, and they are... If they are going to buy they need more than one piece even if it's showy otani they need and there was a report from mlb.com today saying that they were going to go after catching they're going to go after bullpen and rotation help um they need help all across the board and this is not a simple fix um and obviously the carlos rodon injury was not great they could have never foreseen that happening after they signed him for that mega contract in the offseason but um I just don't think you can justify the Otani move, and ever since that report came out uh, from Buster only, I just did not think that made any sense. Um, I do not think um, Otani has much, if any, of a shot to end up with the Yankees at the deadline. Maybe in the offseason, but I still, I still think that's extremely unlikely considering their uh, their payroll situation now. But um, yeah, I've never really bought much into the Otani to the Yankees thought for this trade deadline just. Yeah, they have a lot of holes they need to fix
2: yeah going down the line i mean severino should be sold yeah he's a free agent this off season and and they do need to make room for nesta cortez and maybe even trade for a new starter at the deadline i get yeah. it you'd be selling really low that is one i can endorse though i would say just addition by subtraction clear that money and they have a surplus like bring in a pitcher and trade severino yes if you want to contend for that wild card King under control through 2025, Michael King, that's a big domino. Um, And if the Yankees think they can get a haul for Michael King, who has been, you know, not iffy this year, but he's only been used once per series, they're being really careful with him. Mm -hmm. You can sell somebody on being able to deploy him as an Andrew Miller-like weapon, maybe, but right now the Yankees are treating him with kid gloves, so I don't know. I look at Clay Holmes, too. He's got a year and a half. I don't really – the Yankees print bullpen arms – They've done a good job with Clay Holmes. He's not indispensable. I think you could get away with, with selling him for the second half of this season and 2024. I've got my eyes on Gleber Torres as well, but DJ LeMahieu, too much money. Giancarlo Stanton, too much money. The Yowman's work is going to have to be done this offseason for the Yankees.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you, too, like if let's say they do move a guy like Clay Holmes, and like to be fair, I have not heard that, but uh, just for the sake of argument here, they got him for relative pennies and a dollar, uh, yeah. with the pirates. Like he was an afterthought with them. And it, as soon as he was traded to the Yankees, he became, he, last year was an absolute dude. Um, uh, he was awesome and he's been a dependable arm for them. Like for a year and a half to control, they could end up getting a, a pretty decent, uh, return and return for Holmes. And I think that ended up being a win for the Yankees, uh, in the grand scheme of things. But, um, I'll tell you, this is a very complicated trade deadline for Brian Cashman to navigate because the Yankees, you're not used to them, like possibly being sellers. I mean, you just don't associate the Yankees and selling, you know, put those in the same sentence. Um, But this is a really tricky one because they have not shown uh, that they're a team that they should invest much into, um, especially considering the start to this year. And I mean, that that AL East is a really stacked division like that is from top to bottom. Uh, easily the best, di- best division in baseball right now. So just very tough one for them.
2: It might be an opportunity for, I mean, what the last thing Yankee fans want to hear is complex deadline and Brian Cashman. Uh, they sold <laughs> in, in 2016, they sold Chapman, they sold Andrew Miller, they sold Carlos Beltran. They didn't get all that much back in the end. They got praised at the time for getting justice Sheffield, Clint Frazier, JP Eyes, and Ben Heller Labor Torres, who went up and then back down, Uh, Dylan Tate. I mean, they restocked their farm system. They definitely got, you know, good quality headlines. Most of those prospects didn't pan out. The 2017 Yankees were great, but could have used Andrew Miller and didn't really make use of any of the prospects they got. And they've been trending down ever since then. So nobody has sympathy for the Yankees. Don't expect you to. But last time they sold, it wasn't really a, a ticket to a title it was just a ticket to good press for a year and a half.
1: No, exactly. And and well, maybe it can end up going a little bit better this time around. If they do go in that direction, we we still, I'll tell you the thing that I can't get over Adam, is I don't remember a time when there has been two weeks before a deadline, this much uncertainty into what is going to happen, like the Yankees and just like the rest, you could say at least a third of baseball doesn't know what they're going to do. If not more than that. Um, this next week is going to determine a lot. And I think that's kind of why where the trade market stands now, it's relatively quiet. Um, and teams are going to figure this out. They're obviously having conversations with other teams, kind of trying to lay the groundwork for what everybody's looking for, what the asking price would be for certain guys. Um, I do, like, I know before there was a comment in here. I want to see if I can find it real quick. Cause it was, it was a good comment. It was from Justin. He said, uh, that Ken Rosenthal said on foul territory that there's no such thing as a dead trade deadline. He's covered the trade deadline for multiple decades and there's always been big moves being made. Um, that, I mean, that is true. Like, I'm not saying that this deadline is going to be dead. I'm just saying it could lack the star power that it has in the years past. There is going to be plenty of movement, um, especially if there's a one team, I don't know if that ends up becoming sellers late in this process, maybe the Padres or maybe a different team. Uh, We don't know that yet. We really don't know much at this point, but um, as of right now, it looks like it's going to be in terms of big moves being made, not many, but that being said, there is going to be a lot of moves. I I feel pretty, pretty decently confident about that.
2: You think Haim Bloom is bummed at all that his Red Sox team is 40 and 42 a couple weeks ago entering July. They look kind of dead. They're going to Toronto. They got the Rangers coming up. Then they breeze through those two series and the schedule makers give him the A's, the Cubs and the A's again. Now the Red Sox are getting a little hot pressure under his collar. He probably wanted to do a sell or a hybrid sell, mostly sell. And now it's kind of like, you gotta give your guys a bone here. Like, I don't know. I, I almost wonder if he's bummed. He doesn't get to execute the strategy. He planned. He's going to have to do something in the hybrid realm. As Jason says here, you know, will they pick a lane and go all in either way? I bet they're just going to have to toe that line again because they're they're a little too good.
1: I'm telling you, I, I think that'd be a mistake. I honestly do. And like because they did the last year where they did that hybrid version of buying and selling. Yeah. And that just turned into an absolute disaster. Um I just I mean, they traded Vasquez to the Astros and that just destroyed the clubhouse. That was um, not to the degree of what happened with the Brewers with Josh Hader, but. Uh, it still wasn't great for that clubhouse. Uh, and especially since they were actually playing Houston when they made that move. So they faced him right away, which made that even more awkward. Um, yeah. I don't, that's I don't think they can end up doing uh, the, the hybrid thing again. Uh, and also Justin, uh, you're asking about what happens with Juan Soto. Um, how do I want to phrase this right now? I envision the Padres being buyers. I think, it's not going to be an aggressive buy by any means. I think we're looking at probably another bat and another reliever um, added to that major league roster, but it has been a slow start out of the gate here um, coming out of the all-star break. And if that continues, then I think the Padres need to have some serious internal discussions about trading Juan Soto, about trading Josh Hader, about trading Blake Snell, And if they end up coming to that conclusion where selling is the best option, they are going to dominate the trade deadline. They would instantly have three of the best pieces available in a seller's market. They could get an absolute haul for them in return. And you know Juan Soto, his agent, Scott Boris, is not going to do an extension before he is free agency, especially after turning down that monster offer from the nationals uh, that ultimately led to him being traded he likes his players establishing their value on the open market. That's exactly what he's going to have for Juan Soto. And the Padres realize that. And I I think if they fall out of this and determine that they should sell, then I think they absolutely should determine or that they should very much entertain moving Soto. That being said, um, I don't think he's moved, but I would not rule it out if the Padres continue to fall like this.
2: I got my eyes on Snell for sure. And if the Padres are buying, I guess I had my eyes a couple days ago on UC Santa Barbara's own Shane Bieber, but he's injured now. He's been shut down for two weeks as the Guardians await further diagnosis on his elbow. Elbow inflammation, probably the biggest killer to trade deadline aggression. And that pretty much wrecks the Cleveland Guardians trade deadline that we'd at least been speculating about. Are they just left with no choice but to go for that week central? Are they going to maybe sell a couple other pieces and do 80% of the business they intended to when they thought they could dangle Bieber? I mean, what are we looking at here in Cleveland?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you. they That Bieber injury is a killer. Um, I don't think there's any other way of putting it. And he was, pro- if he was healthy, he was going to end up being one of the best starting pitchers available at the deadline. And they could have gotten... Something I think decent in return for him, especially considering the state of the market and where it's at now. Now, like they're not going to be able to move him, especially with him dealing with a with an elbow injury. Um, I, I think Ahmed Rosario, if they do look to sell, makes sense as a as a guy who can end up being like a rental candidate for a team that needs a shortstop for two months. Um, I think there's something that for the Guardians that makes sense for them is to explore adding. Um, an outfielder who is controllable. I, I think that is a sneaky little thing to watch in the next couple of weeks is the guardians have a short and long-term need for an outfielder and acquiring a controllable outfielder would make plenty of sense. And may, well, I was going to say they could do that for, and they could move Bieber in that kind of a deal, but not anymore. But um, I think adding a controllable outfielder is something to watch there with the guardians.
2: Yeah feels like they've been searching for a control option for the last 15 years. Um but uh, yeah, Rosario has always been someone I've eyed uh, as a potential dodger, quite frankly. Um feels like a fun dodger rental. He is uh he is not under contract for very long uh with with Cleveland. I'm not sure. Uh David Garcia is saying that they just extended Rosario on a 5-year new deal. Uh that is that's not true. He is a free agent this upcoming season.
1: No, um, no, I was just looking for that, David. Yeah. No, no more of that, mister. Yeah. A we, of that we, bummer. Yeah, no, we, we only, we only want the real news in the baseball insiders. We don't want fake news like that.
2: No. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm not sure if I'm missing the point, but he has not been extended yet. Um, I think that he could be, I think he could be a Dodger. I think Gleyber Torres could theoretically be a Dodger. Um, but yeah, you're right. Controllable outfield bat has been a guardian's need for 35 years. Um, and no amount of fake news will ever change that. Um, speaking of non-controllable outfielders, though, uh, Johnny wants us to drop Cubby's news. Uh, everybody in the chat got Cubby questions. They always do. Johnny wants dropping drop in some Cubby info. We will. Um, the Chicago Cubs had a tough series against Boston. Slammed on them on Saturday. Got beat up a little bit on Friday and Sunday. Kind of par for the course at this point. Red Sox offense will do that to you sometimes. Justin Steele. Not going to put that on the highlight reel. The highlight steal. Nope, I'm canceled. Bummer. Um, Well, Marcus (laughs) Stroman and Cody Bellinger are kind of the names that you hear there. Bellinger got a mutual option for next year. Not exactly controllable. Congrats to the Cubbies for playing that lottery this offseason. Giving somebody who had done nothing to earn a large guarantee the last couple years, a large guarantee, and then paying dividends as his swing came around but he seems pretty likely to be traded at this point. Strowman wants to be a Cub long-term, but hasn't come to any kind of agreement there. And and I saw a report from Bruce Levine of 670, the score that the Blue Jays are interested in a reunion. It feels like they have to sell at least Strowman and Bellinger at this year's deadline.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say one thing about the, the Stroman and Blue Jays report that does not pass the smell test at all. Um, that, I would, I would be flat out stunned if Stroman went back to Toronto. I think we can put that one to bed. Um, I, Stroman is going to attract a, a lot of trade interest um, at the deadline. Like he's As Adam said, like Stroman wants to be in Chicago long-term. Um, they have not had any discussions at this point, I believe, and obviously have not been able to come to an agreement. Um, but I think – the Cubs are going to end up being at a point where they have to listen for any inquiries uh, at the deadline for Strowman. And considering the state of the market, they can end up getting an offer that they can't refuse. Um, maybe, and this is, you can never rule anything like this out. Let's say Stroman is traded. He's, clear, he's made it clear he wants to return to Chicago. He's got an opt-out at the end of the year. If he's traded and then goes to a different team, becomes a free agent, what's to say that he doesn't end up going back to the Cubs? Because he clearly likes it there. Um, But yeah, I just Stroman in Toronto. I just, I don't see that being the case. I think Toronto's got needs elsewhere that they're probably going to pursue a lot harder than a starting pitcher. Um, but as far as Bellinger too, um, he's another guy who I think is going to end up getting a good amount of interest too. I've seen other people like link the Yankees to him. I want to say that was John Heyman that did that. Also, I can't consider that being very likely. I think that would not get your hopes up there, but um, he's going to end up being a guy who I think gets a lot of trade or a lot of trade interest too. And I wondered, I don't know, necessarily know about the fit now, but I thought coming into the year that a team like, uh, the San Francisco giants can make a lot of sense for Bellinger. Um, they obviously have Farhan Zaidi, who knows Bellinger very well from Los Angeles can definitely use another bat in the Bay area like that. You never know. Um, I think there's better fits out there for Bellinger, but um, I think both those guys are gonna end up being like prime names to talk about here in the next couple weeks.
2: Yeah, Bellinger to the Yankees. I mean, everybody I'm sure has paid attention to the Yankees last couple deadlines. You know as well as I do that if they traded real assets for Cody Bellinger after not paying him this offseason, he would immediately hit 170 with the most strikeouts you have ever seen after going to the New York Yankees in August and September. That is written in permanent ink, sealed in an envelope like the Declaration of Independence. Put it in a time capsule, that is my lock of the millennium.
1: Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you too, Michael Carrillo, I might be mispronouncing the last name, I apologize for that if so. I like that fit a lot for, that you just mentioned with Strowman, Arizona. Uh, I think that is a team that we, we should be talking about a little bit more at the deadline here. I think that is a team that could get relatively creative in how they address their different needs. I wouldn't be surprised if they added An outfielder, maybe a right-handed hitting outfielder. I know they already have plenty of outfield depth as is, especially at the major league level. Wouldn't surprise me if it becomes an option that they trade one of their major league outfielders for a starting pitcher. I think that can end up being something. Um, But Arizona, I think that's a team to watch kind of closely at the deadline here.
2: One of the ways to make this not a boring deadline, the Diamondbacks going a little further all in. Uh, David Garcia, you got baited by a fake Twitter account. That's why you come to the baseball insiders. No fake news here. Nope. If you're struggling on Twitter, uh, <laughs> follow follow Robert on threads, he'll give you the dope. Um, or here, live on the air. Uh again, we're here every Monday and Thursday, 3 30 Eastern. Happy to be and we'll be carrying you all through that deadline. Um, and if you like the pod, again, if you haven't signed up for DraftKings as a new user. We entitle you to $150 in bonus bets instantly. If you create an account, deposit some money in, then wager $5 or more in an sport. Win or lose, you get that $150 as long as you use our code, Baseball Insider, right at sign up. So don't sign up and then eventually be like, oh, I got to use that code, Baseball Insider. No, right at sign up, that's the spot. That entitles you to bonus bets. Little win or lose action, get that money. In bonus bets, get it back. If you're considering signing up for DraftKings, use the code baseball insider. Offers available for new customers who are 21 plus physically present, legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for full terms of the offer. And yes, I am getting better at saying that.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
3: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
2: Before we go, you're the one who got Ben Gamble to the Padres this weekend. You broke that one. Um, I don't know. I I don't know if that signaled to me in either direction, whether they intend to shore up the bench a little bit before they either sell off or go for it. But we're adding small pieces. At least they're dribbling in in San Diego. They're not ready to give up that locker room.
1: No, they, I mean, that was a a minor move. They got in for cash considerations, but... It was interesting. Um, obviously, they they definitely need depth throughout that entire team. Um, they they lack depth or like quality depth. And he's been an established major leaguer. It was actually useful for the Brewers and the Pirates in the last few years. Um, so I think that was a good under under the radar move. I don't think that signals either way what direction they're going in quite yet. But um, it is interesting though that they've they've like added some outfield depth. Uh, with gamel and oscar mersado uh in recent days and weeks here so it makes you wonder i'll do the old brian windhorst meme what is going on in san diego i'm just kidding i that was i just wanted to use that i I don't have any insight there but uh well i I do um they i mean the, the Padres just want to have depth depth is always a good thing um and you can't rule anything out with aj probably he is about as big of a wild card as you could possibly imagine but um, I think it's um, – as I said before on this podcast, I think they should absolutely entertain entertain selling. I just don't know if they do it because I think adding a reliever in another bat is something that they really want to do.
2: We've said it before. We'll say it again. It's a bummer that the teams that went for it and did it right this offseason are now stuck in the position of being sellers. Why are the Padres stuck in between – why are the Mets – the Mets kind of have to sell. Like, why are the teams that went above and beyond for their fans, the ones who are stuck in the proverbial mud on July 17th? It doesn't feel fair, but it's where we are.
1: No, it's, it's, it is where we are right now, and that it does suck because I thought both the Padres and the Mets just going berserk and spending money like crazy would be a good thing. But it kind of – it's been similar to um, – this is a, a football analogy, but the Philadelphia Eagles when they had the dream team here, signing Namdi awesome and and all those different guys, and Vince they just Young. did not um, Yeah, I'll never forget Vince Young. Oh boy, um, and and AJ Preller has been on the record and saying he does not believe it's a chemistry issue, uh, but clearly there is some sort of an issue here, and um, I think you can look in a lot of different directions for that. I think roster construction probably isn't the greatest because they last year they lacked depth. And this year that's been the exact same thing. Uh, it's a flawed roster. Um, it just, yeah, about as underperforming as you could possibly get here.
2: Yeah, it's even worse in Queens. Yikes and a half. Well, we'll hopefully have an update on that. What a weird off season. We focused all our time on Carlos Correa just so he could get a 96 OPS plus. We talked all about Aaron judge just so he could bang his toe up in early June. And, go down for an extended period of time makes you feel silly. Uh but luckily there's a changing of the guard in the NL Central that might give a couple of teams a little bit of renewed hope down the stretch. The Reds bring up Christian Encarnacion Strand yesterday after their first actual struggles in a month and a half span and the Pittsburgh Pirates bring up not just Quinn Priester, not just Andy Rodriguez, but you have even more dope there. It feels like this signals kind of a new hope in Pittsburgh. The good times, but also the impending second half sell job is on the way for the Pittsburgh Pirates.
1: Yeah, it's been Quinn Priester, Andy Rodriguez, Laever Paguero, uh, or I always mispronounce his name, but it's there. It's been a youth movement in Pittsburgh, and um, Priester debuting. It was the writing was on the wall that was coming, and there was rumblings that Paguero would end up getting called up uh, sooner rather than later. And obviously, both these guys are getting called up now. Um, this is the this is the new era uh for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And twenty twenty four, I think internally for the Pirates it was the year that they finally believed that they would be able to contend for a postseason spot. And getting these guys up now and getting them like legitimate and consistent major league reps is going to be a good thing for them in the long haul. It's gonna get their feet wet um in a relatively low stress environment too, considering I don't think the pirates are really in a spot to contend anymore. Um, and also I will say this too, there was a report earlier today that key Bryan Hayes was upset in Pittsburgh. Um, and there, I, I want to make sure I get who was reported by correctly. It was 93, seven, the fan, uh, and Colin Dunlap. I don't think there, like, I think there is some truth to that, but there is absolutely like, Hayes is not going to ask the Pirates for a trade. I, I want to squash that. Like, he's not asking the Pirates for a trade. Um, and I don't think the Pirates would trade him even if he did request that. But uh, there's absolutely no chance of a trade being requested there.
2: Yeah, so it's a little bit of both. Is keep yep. Ryan Hayes unhappy in Pittsburgh and wants a trade? <laughs> uh, but is he unhappy and in Pittsburgh? Maybe.
1: Yeah, it's – Yeah.
2: Well, there you go. We were chasing, yeah, we were chasing that one down right before uh, we got on air today. So uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll be able to get some resolution there. Maybe keep Brian just doesn't impromptu press conference to say that he's feeling good and just was kind of hangry and it would be, it would just be good to hear from him to clear the air a little bit.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you, it's, it's been a frustrating year for him. He's been dealing with a lot of different injuries and I'm, I'm sure that's probably some of his frustration. And um, I know the pirates have been very diligent in getting him second opinions and, and trying to make sure that he comes back 100% healthy. Like, they're they're doing right by the player there, and I think they deserve credit for that. It just uh, a very frustrating year overall for Hayes, um, and I think not exactly how he envisioned his first – what was now his second year of that new contract uh, playing out here for sure.
2: Yeah, most of that war is defensive-based at this point in time. would love to see Hayes' bat wake up and for him to shake off the injury bug – Just a little bit. We'll sign off in a second, but before we go, we got a pretty important thing that you want to talk about for sure. We could not, uh, I could not let us sign off of this show without talking about Jeff Passan and uh, the message that he shared about an hour or so ago. And so I'll turn this over to you for sure.
1: Yeah. um, Jeff Passan had a, a big tree limb fall on him and he broke his back. And he's got. Thankfully, he's got movement in all his extremities. Like he's, he'll be okay. It's just going to take him a little while because uh, a fractured vertebrae is, is no joke. But um, if you if you're a consistent watcher of this show, you know what I think of Jeff Passan. I think he is one of the kindest and most like helpful um, reporters there is. Like he's looked out for me consistently. He always offers me advice, or if I go to him or if I see him in person, he always strikes up a conversation and asks how I'm doing, uh, motivates me. He sends me messages on occasion. where, um, I mean, we're, we're competitors, of course, and like it definitely comes out, but he's always supportive of me. just want to wish him uh, the best recovery. Uh, he's an absolute legend of a reporter, but also an even better human being. Uh, so on behalf of the baseball insiders, I think I can speak for Adam here. We wish you well, Jeff Passon, and please do not kick my butt too much of the trade deadline. Um, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's it's definitely good news in theory, you know, that, that the recovery appears to be going well and we appear to have averted the worst possible damage. But it's crazy and horrifying news that that we even had to talk about this. So best wishes from the show uh to Jeff Passen. You are absolutely able to speak on my behalf on that one. Uh yeah. we need we need him kicking butt right now. Now is the is the season for passing. Uh, to be at his peak, so hopefully uh, he is able to, uh, yeah, and end up uh, in in tip top shape or at least as close to it as he can get as this crazy deadline comes into focus. And and like Ken Rosenthal said, never boring.
1: Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you too. Like I, I mentioned this when uh, w- with Carm when when he was doing this podcast with me, but it's like it's not just passing who's been really cool to me. It's been it's been Rosenthal, it's been Heyman. Heyman has been my guy since day one. Um, All those guys have been really supportive of me and passing. I've gotten to know him pretty well in the last couple of years. It's um, for as much as we compete against each other, it's a pretty tight knit community. And uh, that's one thing I really appreciate about those guys for sure.
2: Yeah. And we hope to give you the viewer, the listener as much of an insight and window into that community as we can on this show. We could not do that without, Robert, uh, Robert Murray, another banger of an episode. We wore the same shirt. And for some reason it wasn't distracting for 40 whole minutes. And I think that's a testament to the content, my friend.
1: Oh, great content. I will say the best comment of all time, um, came today, uh, saying that I have a a very similar haircut to Bert and Bert nerdy from Sesame street. That was, uh, that was freaking fantastic uh so i can't remember who commented that but i just want to tip my cap and say that was very well done it was probably the best roast of me uh in quite some time so i I appreciate you guys for roasting
0: me
2: i believe that was the same guy who in on our last episode commented because you said i have good taste in hats at one point during the last show and (laughs) and i believe it was the same guy who said that when he you said that he couldn't help thinking of the time i wore the hat that said penis live on the air it didn't (laughs) all right i was camera reversed it said pines and giant letters but i you know what i understand why you think it said that and uh that's my bad and will always be my bad so keep showing up in the comment section keep making us wear it cuz uh we're happy to oh
1: yeah we well, yeah, i absolutely love it i i can't get enough of that kind of stuff so I, I it turns out it was a fellow named sj25pb uh so sj25pb respect
2: hats off to you penis hats off to you that is it for <laughs> another great show on huh? the baseball insiders on this beautiful monday again two weeks before the deadline and we hope that we uh will have all of you back with us as we get even closer to the big day and the aftermath and the stretch run and the postseason and the offseason baseball is the greatest the greatest sport the greatest calendar the greatest schedule we've got so much coming up in the next couple of weeks again if you've been here long enough we've got some little uh some some gifts and presents to hang over you. Some Discord opportunities. A lot of interesting things coming up, which we will tell you more about as we figure. You know, you'll get the information when we get it, and uh, we will see you, uh, Robert. And I will be right back here on Thursday afternoon, three thirty Eastern. Uh, Robert, any final thoughts?
1: I'm just excited for the trade deadline. Um, I think it's going to be going to be freaking awesome. I've stocked up on coffee already. Um, I admittedly had a very late night last night working on some different things, planting some seeds. This morning was also back at it again, um, meeting with some different people, and hopefully I'm going to be able to position myself not only for this trade deadline, but for the next like 30 or 40 on the Baseball Insiders here to provide you guys with some very good content. So very excited for that. Adam, I'm, I'm thankful for you. Everybody who commented and watches the show with us every week and even today Appreciate you guys big time. Uh, Would not be possible without you. Joanne, also very thankful for you too.
2: Thankful for you, dude. Thank you for producer Joanne, who is also the GOAT. And we'll be right back on Thursday, wrapping up hopefully some movement in the market. What do you say? Let's get rolling. Come on.
1: I wouldn't get your hopes up, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, where well, the market's pretty dead right now. It's—I'll uh, tell you—give me give it about a week before the deadline. I think that's when the cash really ensues.
2: Yeah. Well, if it's still not moving a week before the deadline, keep Ryan Hayes. Will not be the only person frustrated. I guarantee you that. Um, well, for the baseball insiders, we will see you on Thursday.